1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We inch ever closer to the open of training camp starting tomorrow. Packers training camp will be officially open. And before we got there, the Packers had a little bit of news come out on Tuesday. And we're going to start with that news here today. And, and the biggest, I think, well, maybe not the biggest, because uh, of what we'll get to in just a second, but the uh, the most newsy, maybe I don't know. This is what I want to talk about first, so we're going to do that. <laughs> it's my show. Um, is Dean Lowry sign an extension? And that is, you know, that may not be big news to a lot of Packer fans, but he is the starting defensive end in this three-four alignment. And if there were any questions about would they bring back Mo Wilk? And what the future of that position was, that's been answered. It is Dean Lowry. If there are any questions about this defensive lineman moving forward, uh, about any defensive lineman moving forward, it's Mike Daniels, who is in the last year of his deal, who is hitting the wrong side of 30, and is the kind of player the Packers have in the past said, we're good. And... The investment in Dean Lowry sort of throws that into stark contrast. Lowry did not get any kind of mega deal. He is reliable. He's only missed one game in three years as a Packer, and he's had some big moments. He's had some nice plays. I I wouldn't call him a, a special player. He's certainly not that. But he's solid. He is certainly above replacement level. And in a defensive line rotation, you need guys like Lowry who can just anchor, play the run, give a little in pass rush, and just just make the offensive line think a little bit. And he has versatility, he's athletic, and what he gives to them is someone who can play a little bit all over. He can play out a little bit as a, as a truer defensive end if they wanted to do that. I think if they stood him up that he could probably do that on the outside in some weird, you know, sort of psycho packages where everyone is standing up and you you don't know who's coming and who's not. He's gotta come because he there's no way he can drop in coverage, but Dean Lowry is a good player. And here's the here's the thing that I have been talking about uh over the last, you know, twenty-four to forty-eight hours. And we touched on it a little bit with Uh, the the Khalil Mack discussion that we had yesterday and putting to bed those kinds of, of questions about, oh, should the Packers have done it? The question I raised in a piece that I wrote for Acme Packing Company on Tuesday was, are the Packers in a better position now than they would have been had they traded for Khalil Mack? Because of all of the players, it would have precluded them from adding had they signed him after trading for him, giving up multiple first round picks, probably have to give up 12 and 30. And so no Rashawn Gary, no Darnell Savage, no money to sign Preston and Zadarius Smith or Adrian Amos or Billy Turner. I mean, those guys combined got 57 million in guarantees. And Khalil Mack got more than that just in signing bonus guarantees. He got 60 million signing bonus guarantees, $90 million in total guarantees. What you need in the NFL is, is to not have holes. You look at the reason the Patriots have been able to sustain success for as long as they have is, number one, Bill Belichick, number two, Tom Brady, and number three, they just don't have bad players. Don't underestimate the value of just not having bad players. Last year, I mean, we talked about this with Andy Herman yesterday. The, the gap in productivity between a bad NFL player and just a, a do-his-job NFL player, that value gap is considerable. And so the fewer guys that you can put on the field who are minuses, who are net negatives, the, that is not—it doesn't add up in a linear way. It builds exponentially. So if you have five really good players and five really bad players— and one star player. Does it even out? I don't think so. But let's say you have three really good players. One superstar player. And three more solid players. Solid players. And then, I don't know where we are with the math. A couple, whatever's left over, of net negative players. The, the build, it, it builds on itself. So the more players that you can put on the field who are just good or just solid who who can just do their job not even good. You know, Adrian Amos I think has been maligned because he is not special. He is a good player. He's not just an okay player, he's a good player. Someone like Dean Lowry is a do your job player. He's limited He's not going to tilt the field for you. He's not going to change games consistently for you. But when you need him to stand that offensive tackle up and hold the edge in in a run fit, he can do it. And if he needs to take up two bodies so that they can get an edge rusher on a loop or a stunt, he can do it. He is a role player. And you need role players. And the reality of the NFL is role players cost money. So Lowry got a little bit of a signing bonus, $6 million. But his salary cap hit really only goes up a little bit. Uh, the Packers are still under the cap right now. Uh, the estimation is a little under $8 million under the cap. Now you want to hold on to some of that money because maybe they want to extend Kenny Clark during the season. Maybe they want to extend Mike Daniels or Brian Bulaga during the season. That seems unlikely to me, but it's possible. Maybe Geronimo Allison earns a new deal and they want to use that teams like to go into the season with a little bit of cushion there but the point of all this is to say that someone like dean lowry right now does not seem like an integral part of this defense because you're excited about darnell savage and you're excited about adrian amos and preston smith and zadarius smith and the ascending kenny clark and and jair alexander is back and Josh Jackson, you know, he, could he make a year two leap? And Kevin King is reportedly healthy. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. All of those things are more exciting topics. Players like Dean Lowry rarely get the credit they deserve for just being solid. You need solid players. There are a ton of players on the Rams who were not part of the huge offseason you know, explosion that they put together who were critical in their run. The same is true for the Saints. I mean, how many, outside of Taron Armstead, how many Saints offensive linemen can you name? But they're a really solid unit. They're a good unit together because they just have solid players. The weak links aren't there. Think of how different Green Bay's offensive line would be. Now they have blue chip talent, legit blue chip talent, with David Bakhtiari and legitimately good players in Corey Lindsley and Brian Bulaga. But, but going from a black hole to Billy Turner is a significant upgrade. The Packers could upgrade from Dean Lowry. Kingsley Kiki, probably not it. They probably wanted Montrevious Adams to be it. He's not. And so you you roll with Dean Lowry because he's reliable. Reliable players can have long NFL careers. I was looking at the list of guys on this on this highest paid def- interior defensive line contracts. The guys who are on this list below Dean Lowry are by and large rookies. They're rookies, so they're on their rookie deal. Most of the guys who are veterans are just guys. They're just okay players. And and they're not on rookie contracts. They're they're uh you know they're they're also rans, basically. They're just bodies. Dean Lowry is is more than that. Now significantly more, no. But he's also not getting ten million dollars. He's not getting that that Michael Brockers contract, he's not getting that Akeem Hicks contract, he's not getting that Stefan Tuitt contract. He didn't even get that Dontari Poe contract, and Dontari Poe hasn't been a good player in in a couple years, not an impactful one anyway. You know, so this this is this is what it costs to have a starting level defensive lineman. And I guess my, my point in, in leading the show with it is to make this broader point about understanding the value of having solid players on what is often the margins of fan discussion. Players like Dean Lowry, I mean, Andy and I talked about this yesterday on the show. Think about how many players on that defense when the Packers won the Super Bowl were just solid. I mean, Johnny Jolly does not get a lot of love. That dude was rock solid. Eric Walden was solid. Now, when Eric Walden had to be more than than he was because, you know, Clay Matthews is not the same guy, he couldn't stay healthy, and... You know, you lose Nick Collins and Charles Woodson declines with age and Tremont William declines and Sam Shields declines because he can't stay on the field, concussions, etc. Suddenly, when you're relying on Eric Walden to be more than that, he isn't. And his deficiencies show up more than they would. So this is what I mean about being able to build exponentially on solid players by having not, you know, just by having a not net negative player. You can build. So the the more talent you place around just solid guys like Dean Lowry, the better they are, the more valuable they are because they are able to elevate the game of everyone else. You can't just focus on Zadarius and Preston Smith. You can't just worry about Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels. He is someone that you have to be aware of. Now, he's not going to change the game. He's not going to tilt the field. But the more players like him you can put out there as opposed to some of the the quality of players that Green Bay has put out the last couple years, especially defensively. I mean, Kentrell Bryce was bad. Really bad. And last year, look, Nick Perry and Clay Matthews were not good. Haha Clinton Dix was not good. The fewer guys like that you have to put out there the better your team can be. And speaking of rock solid, if you're having any problems in that department, that is where BlueChew.com comes in. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code locked On. Just pay for shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com promo code locked on to try it free. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington Football Team
0: podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local
1: grocery store. So I teased the the Kevin King part of all of this. Those were the two bits of news that came out Tuesday. And, and, you know, I think the Kevin King discussion was bigger and and I understand it. And, and, you know, the reason that we led with Dean Lowry was so that I could make this more meta point, this more 30,000 foot viewpoint. But Kevin King's health, and I wrote about this last week for Acme Packing Company, really plays a pivotal role in deciding the quality of this defense. Because he was and, and and you know, the roto world blurb about it and his pro football focus grade, I think really belies how good he is or can be. Go back and, and look at the numbers from that week one game last year. And Allen Robinson got a couple catches on him, but Kevin King also made a couple really nice plays in coverage. And the the conversation about him in training camp was, look at how much he's elevated his game. He's, He's out there trying to take the battle with Devontae Adams every snap. He wants that challenge. He wants to be that guy. The Packers' defense, outside of the first drive against Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, shut him down. Shut him down. And a big reason was Kevin King winning his matchup consistently. And, and then you have the, the usage of Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander, Tremont Williams. This was a healthy unit, and that happened to be the only good game of Kentrell Bryce's, really, his career. So, okay, that's one good performance. And then you look at week two. They were, they were beating the Vikings handily, and they had clamped down on Kirk Cousins in that offense. And Kevin King goes out. And all of a sudden, Green Bay can't stop anyone because Devon House gets torched and Kentrell Bryce is suddenly having to to come roam over and make plays because guys aren't where they should be. Mike McCarthy singled him out after the game as as a player that the defense didn't respond well to losing. I think he came back and, had, and played hurt after that. Look, he's not, you know... The size is tantalizing and the talent is tantalizing. He he isn't there yet with this team, and he may never get there. But injuries are what's holding him back right now. That It is so hard to develop as a young player if you're not on the field because you have to learn by doing. That is the only really experiential learning in the NFL is the only way you can learn. It's why, as, as I tried to make the point, that practice is really so important. You know, I think there's no question the fact that Aaron Rodgers could not practice consistently last year because of that injury affected the timing and the rhythm and the chemistry in the passing game. The fact that Jimmy Graham, who was dealing with the knee injury, couldn't practice consistently, that affected his rhythm with Aaron Rodgers, his chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. You combine those two things and they really just had no chance to succeed in an offense that already does not put the tight end at a chance to succeed. Kevin King needs to be on the field. He needs to be practicing. He needs to be getting those reps against Devontae Adams. That was what happened last summer. This was iron sharpening iron. That is what you want in practice. And he was showing it. If he can be good, if he can just be back to our earlier discussion, if he can just be solid, just be solid. Because Jair Alexander can be good, can be really, really good. And Josh Jackson still has a chance to be good. If Kevin King can just be reliably on the field and solid, that makes this defense so much better. And and the more that I have looked at it, the more that I have studied it, you know, Michelle Bruton, friend of the pod, Michelle Bruton, uh, who is back writing about the Packers, and we are so glad that she is, uh, posited a question late on Tuesday night, and that was, you know, if you could only keep one player from the Packers 53-man roster that they added this offseason... Who would it be? And I said, Darnell Savage. And I I sort of went through all of the the possibilities there and decided, I, I think, pretty decisively that the secondary was where they needed the most help. And the reason for that was everything broke down for Mike Patton and his defense when the secondary broke down. When they had their guys, the secondary showed some really good things. And when they didn't have their guys healthy, and when they weren't playing well, that was where things broke down. Everything Patton does is predicated on disguise, but it's also predicated on the coverage on the back end. He has so many different exotic blitzes that you have to hold up. If those blitzes don't get home, you have to be able to hold up. You have to be able to disguise coverage. If you want to disguise coverage with your safeties, guys have to know where to be. If you want to disguise coverages with your cornerbacks, guys have to know where to rotate, where to get to, what their landmarks are. And when when you are trying to play rookies and undrafted free agents, that really hurts your ability to be flexible, to be malleable, and to be confusing for opposing offenses. So Kevin King, who theoretically now in year three, he has seen it. He knows what it's like to be in the classroom. He knows what it's like to be on the field. He has faced some of the best receivers in the league. A.J. Green, Michael Thomas, Marquise Goodwin, Allen Robinson. He has seen Diggs and Thielen. He has seen these guys and he has gone up against them. He knows what to expect. Just be on the field because if he's on the field, he's going to be solid. I believe that. And, And don't let the pro football focus grades fool you. And and I know I have a little bit of a reputation for being down on them. I'm not down on on Pro Football Focus. I think they do a ton of really good work and their charting is very useful to me. I use it all the time. And and don't just hear about the times that I that I downplay it, hear also the times that I use it. The grades are are, you know, I, I have some issues there because I don't think they're consistent. But he when he's been on the field, when he was on the field last year. He showed some things. Did he have some things to clean up? For sure. Does he always know where the ball is? No. Does he have great instincts with the ball in the air? No. But is he big and physical and, and can he mirror and can he run with anyone in, in the league? Yes. And so when if you can unlock that potential just by being on the field, you can be solid. Be solid. You, you hope a second-round pick, the 33rd overall pick, is more than solid. You want him to be a high-level starter. Be more than Dean Lowry. But for this secondary to work, just don't be a net negative. Be a net positive. And you really are, are adding so much to a secondary because Brian Gutekinds just did the hard part. He brought talent in around him. And so to this point about talent building exponentially... You bring in Preston Smith, you bring in Cedric Smith, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos. Now, if they're not having to cover up for mistakes, they're unlocked. The pressure is off them and they can go make plays. They can go do the things that they're good at and and you know, some of what you want Darnell Savage to be good at is erasing mistakes. And some of the reason Adrian Amos, we talked about this with Andy, that he, that he is so valuable is because He is going to just be where he needs to be at all times. If Kevin King can be where he needs to be at all times, which for him starts with being on the field, then his value to this team, I think has really been undersold because of the the talent that he's flashed. And what I think is a a floor for him of just being solid. Hey, listen up FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get
2: 20% better There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redaff leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big-time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Age location restrictions apply. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: All right. I wanted to at some point get to a discussion about the QB tiers. Now, Mike Sandoz article that came out in The Athletic about the quarterback tiers and Aaron Rodgers was once again number one, by the way. Coaches and front office people agreed that Aaron Rodgers still the best quarterback in the league uh, dis- despite whatever else Madden is going to say, despite what those Bears fans are going to say. Uh, I-, I did want to get into it. I don't know if we're going to have time um, because you know tomorrow, obviously, training camp opens and we're going to want to parse some of that. But if-, if we can get to it tomorrow, we will. If not, we'll get to it later in the week. And, and once tomorrow starts, once training camp starts, I mean, we are off and running and we don't stop really until the Packers stop, which, you know, it will be more work for me, but hopefully is February because that means, you know, I get to cover a team that is winning and going to a Super Bowl. So that, you know, that's what I want. And, and I'm sure that's what you want for, for other reasons. I have selfish professional reasons for wanting that. And frankly, it, when the Packers are winning, more of you listen. And that's what I really want. Uh, I, don't, I don't want you to have to you know, turn on the show and, and trudge through it because you know I'm going to go on a rant about how unacceptable their performance was because of you know, the coaching or whatever it was. You know, I know that some of you like that. And I did it last year a lot. I hope to not have to do that as much this year because it's not as fun for me. I'd rather come on here and say, "Wasn't that cool? Wasn't that fun? Everything is working." I understand that that's just not the reality of the game, and the ebbing and the flowing of the game and and, and the quality of the play is is part of what makes sports exciting. If you knew that they were going to play well every week, you know, if there were if there was no variance, it would be a little bit less exciting. Maybe maybe just as fun. I'm sure Patriots fans have a lot of fun being Patriots fans. Uh, But, you know, good for them, I guess. Uh, We're going to be back tomorrow to kick off training camp. And as I said, we will be off and running from there just like the Packers will be. So be sure to be tuned in four times a week, once the season hit five times a week. So subscribe on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can hit us up if you have questions, if you have comments. You can hit us up on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775. Get those typing fingers ready to be all over the Locked On Packers fan hotline once the season comes. Because it's the best way to stay Locked On Packers.